Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks, just bought it. The podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I am very excited today because Sarah Shepard's here. You know Sarah Shepard because she wrote Pretty Little Liars. She is the author of that number one New York Times bestselling series, and she's also written 20 other novels. Her latest, Safe in My Arms, just came out. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, I am such a huge fan. I have been a listener since the beginning. That is the very first episode. Crazy yeah. to me. And I remember you got in touch because I spent a bit of quarantine yeah. watching Pre- Pretty Little Liars and I was like talking about it in the in on the Instagram stories and then I got a message from you and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like oh my gosh, they're watching." Um and you and uh, and you and Jessica Yes. Mernay, yes, Mernay, yeah. we're talking about it mm-hmm. um, on the show and I was just ready to like listen to my episode and I was like oh my god that's so what are they gonna say cool. no yes it was great it was so cool <laughs> I love Pretty Little Liars I love especially season one how much did you have to do with um with like you know sort of did you do any writing for the show did you do any consulting or did they just buy the whole series outright I'm a little familiar with how this works but I would love to hear from you kind of how that process was yeah um so by the time they, uh, there was a pilot made of the show. There were eight books in the series. Um, so they had a ton of material. So they just kind of bought it outright. And and at the time I thought, well, first of all, I was doing something else. So I didn't have any writing for TV experience. And I was just like, well, I, I hope they do a good job, but I'm not going to really be involved. Um, what was so cool is that they used a lot of those eight books because the eight books already sort of had a fan base. Um, people were really into the story of A and like there were two different A's and like, um, so, you know, I, I talked a lot to, um, Marlene King who created the show, but, um, she kind of just ran with it and she was really respectful, um, of sort of what I had come up with and the characters and like just the vibe of the show in general mm-hmm. um I will say the first I would say the pilot episode um it was crazy to watch the pilot episode because uh it there were there were lines from the first book like just plopped in there and I was sort of like oh my god it was really really surreal yeah um to watch that so she really like she kept a lot of the integrity of the books and that was that was great uh for an author because I know that doesn't happen all the time Right. But for me, it did. Yeah. That is wonderful. I, I know what I said on the episode with Jessica, which was that I actually watched the show first and then I went back and read the books after I got into the show during the pandemic. 
And right. it was because I hadn't read the books yet because I was in quote unquote too old for them when they came out. And I thought I was like too cool for YA in my twenties, but now in my thirties, it's like all I want to read because it's like amazing. And also there's just so much of it. And it's so, so much of it. it it's yeah. just a really respected genre now. And I feel like I didn't get that right. when I was a YA. Um, right. And now I'm like, Oh, all these great books and my friends write YA. And it's just like, everything is, it's exactly what I want to watch because I love watching YA television. I can't get enough of Riverdale. I can't get enough of gossip girl. Like that's all I, one I mean who cares how old I am but the thing I said about Pretty Little Liars the TV show which very much was remedied by reading the books was that there came a point in the show where if I sneezed blinked got up to get a glass of water or went to pee and I didn't pause I would come back and the entire plot would have shifted and I'd be like oh I was gone for three seconds. How is everything? How is everything just like flipped on its head? You can't look away. You have to pay attention. You really do. You you really do. And the books really help sort of fill in a lot of those holes for me. Because of course, when you're reading, you're paying attention. But a lot of times when I'm watching television, I'm like, oh, my phone. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I got to pee. And then, but Pretty Little Liars requires like solid zoned in concentration yes. sometimes it's just like a tiny detail that you have to notice yes um at, when the show came out uh twitter was also becoming really popular it was mm. like a new thing yep and they had me from the beginning i think live tweet because i hadn't i didn't see the shows ahead of time i didn't see the episodes so oh, i'm like wow. no 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 i want to watch them i want to watch them with the audience so <laughs> I would be so busy typing that I'd look up again. It's the same thing. I'm like, I think I missed something. Yeah. And that happened every season. And it just got worse as the seasons went on. And there was sort of more chaos in my house. And I was trying to like watch. Yes. Like and live tweet and yeah. try to. Sometimes I would even do like episode recaps for. I don't even know. Some website. And, sure. And. Um, it was it was a lot. It's it was a lot. it was hard work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm just glad to know that the author of Pretty Little Liars also had trouble. It was fun. Uh, it was fun watching it without knowing, like, what was going to come next. Um, yes. You know, some of it follows the books, and the books are kind of funny if you go back and read them. Like, it's it's funny that like. In the first couple of books, like girls are smoking. <laughs> yeah, you like really oh my went. God, that was cool back then. You went really hard on that, and like like teacher student like affairs, like within like the first like oh, sent like two seconds. I was like, oh my, oh my god. I okay, know. Sarah. Okay. I know. I know. Although I put it into that um, way sooner. Yeah, than the show did. Show. I noticed. Oh, yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. This this can't. This can't, and I feel like I got in a little bit of trouble because when the show came out, I did some interview somewhere and they were like, well, what do you think about this student teacher thing? And I was like, well, I, I didn't like it in the books. I took it out. And they, that was like a huge problem. Oh no. I wasn't supposed to say anything yeah. mean about the show. So I had to go back and be like, no, I think it's really fun. But I mean, like it is a little, you know, it's, I mean, it's, in it's books, Aria kind of racy. Untangles herself. Oh yeah. No. And I noticed that like, there are definitely things where it's like, oh, okay. I can see 
you know, where we've taken new forks in the road, where we kind of stayed true to the material. Yeah. But it's just very cool. It must have been very cool seeing your work um, in like one of the most popular, successful YA adaptions, I think, you know, of its time. Like, you know, you're in a very exclusive crowd you're in the twilight crowd you're in the um <laughs> hunger games crowd you're in gossip girl i mean like it's all in that you know it it's really it's really good who doesn't love watching you know teenage girls solve crime i know right right <laughs> i love right. it i really do and now your new book is out which is so exciting did you write safe in my arms during the pandemic please tell me no because I didn't do anything during the pandemic <laughs> um you know what so I wrote that I wrote the first draft of it um before the pandemic and I was waiting uh for my editor's notes kind of when we got shut down okay and when we and when we went into lockdown like you know, nobody knew sort of what was going on in the world. And I was sort of like, are books even going to be a thing right. in this new reality? Right. Um, so I was like, she's never even going to give me notes. This book is never going to see the light of day. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to write again. I have to figure out some other, I don't know. <laughs> We're all going to die. Because um, that's the spiral that I took. A hundred percent. Yeah. But so I had to do a second draft. Um during the pandemic but like it was not super early and it was it was a few months in when we weren't I almost feel like maybe my kids were out of school by that point okay I mean so, look we only went into lockdown in March so that would mean like yeah that would mean just like June I mean which it seemed yeah, a, it was a lifetime but it was a couple of months yeah yeah where it felt like at least I don't have to try to teach anybody. Right. <laughs> At least I'm no uh, <laughs> longer a homeschool teacher. Yeah. Right. Right. So I can just try to do this. Yeah. So um, I was a little bit used to the situation. I wasn't like I could concentrate a little bit um, uh, versus like those first couple of months where I really didn't do anything at all except like nervously clean my house and um pace <laughs> like I don't even know what else it's I know a blur. It, it it's a total yeah. blur I you know it's funny dog barking again hey Lottie really <laughs> oh my gosh so I think it's very impressive that you have a book out now a lot of which was edited and revised yeah. during this time so congratulations well you know I mean when I was on the Pretty Little Liar schedule, those books came out twice a year. So it was like. What was that um, like? What was that like? It was, uh, <laughs> it was a little crazy. But the thing about a series, and once you write the first couple of books in a series, you know who the characters are. You kind of know what they want, what they're like, and like the, the trouble that they're going to get into. You know your setting. You kind of like, you know. For better or for worse, those books sort of had a formula. The there was, a, there was an introduction that was always the same. There was there, the act breaks were always the same. Yes. A was always showing up. Um, a was always complicating their lives and like you know, starting a whole new novel and like creating brand new characters and creating a whole new world. Like 
that's a lot harder to do than writing, you know, two books a year about the same people, mm. uh, which is why I'm always like, I just want to write more series because in a way it's, you know, yeah, you have to come up with stuff that they have to do, but yeah. You know, but you know you your characters. Know where you're writing about. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Safe in Your Arms like, was yeah. like a whole different ball game for you. Yeah. And I've done a few books um, in the past that were just standalones. I don't think I've done any YA. No, I did one YA that was a standalone mm-hmm. called Influence. It came out. Um, actually, it also came out in 2020. Yeah. It came out early 2020. It was one of those uh, books that was supposed to come out. Um, the summer of 2020 was going to be a big, you know, tour and we were going to go on Good Morning America, like all this fun stuff and, you know, all that. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, but that was my first standalone way novel, but I, I've written a couple adult novels that, that are kind of their own things. And yeah, it's like you, yeah, coming up with those people you know, every time and their problems in like a different situation is, is definitely mm. takes a lot of brain power, um, different kind of brain power. So I can, I can understand like it not getting off the ground. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I could have come up with a completely new novel in 2020. Sure. Yeah. I, so. my brain just was like, like, no more. No, thank no. you. Um, no. so what can people expect from, um, safe in my arms? So safe in my arms is, it definitely has the pretty little liars elements. It's people with secrets. It's twisty. It's unreliable narrators. It's all those things, but it is about adults. Uh, it's not about teenagers. Fun. Um, and it is about this made up California, sort of Southern California town. Um, I often make up my location so that nobody gets mad at me. Yes. I think um, that's smart. That's smart. I, yeah. I made up Rosewood. Yep. Rosewood is sort of in the Philadelphia area, but yep. like, no specific town. Yep. Um, so this is this sort of, you know, kind of fantastical California, Southern California town where everything seems very perfect. And it's about these three sort of new mothers who are new to the area and they kind of are outliers in certain ways and don't, you know, don't fit in, um, struggling with stuff, keeping some secrets and they sort of get entangled in this, um, crime and they're trying to prove their innocence but also sort of trying to figure out what the heck happened and there's sort of some other complications and it was really it was really fun to write yeah it was really really fun to write um it's got like a big little lies vibe to it Uh uh-huh um you know um and and yeah it's like about friendship I always love writing about friendship I mean I think that's kind of what Pretty Little Liars was like totally really about in the end absolutely um and yeah, it's just about people coming together. So it was it was a nice thing to work on during the pandemic because it was just this, it wasn't about, you know, it was, yeah, it was about sort of a mystery, but like, it was really about people coming together and like hanging out together. Wow, like novel idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, I think it's really fun. I think people have enjoyed reading it. So. I mean, I um, am very excited to read it. I love books like this I envy people who can write um twisty unreliable narrated books and uh yeah I'm just I'm pumped um I am looking forward to it I'm saving it for uh a trip I'm taking in a few weeks and it's like it's like something I'm very much looking forward to um Sarah I a few 
weeks ago, I did like an AMA with uh, G Thanks Instagram followers just about because I had done an interview with um, Ayana Lage about writing books and sort of answering a lot of questions that I didn't know the answers to until I was in that world, which is like, how does the money work? And, you know, what like, yeah, and it's like the money works, you know, not great and that's sort of my that was my answer um and also like you know how do I write and what's my process and and how do I and a lot of people said you know like I have an idea like how do I start and I always feel um a sense of imposter syndrome being like just write because I only want to ask you these questions too uh it's very difficult um but to write 20 books you must have a process and you must have a uh a place where you start and is there anything I know everyone says like write every day or like you know commit to a word count a day and whether they're good words or bad words just put them on the page and you can come back to them later do you have any advice for um let's call her my friend uh who I just for <laughs> me it's very hard to write a bad draft even though I know it's necessary do you have any advice for just sitting down and getting bad words on the page I mean I feel like I'm always getting bad words on the page <laughs> that, like that that is actually solid advice yeah um you know just to you know the other thing too is like people don't realize this is like how much I've written that has never seen the light of day. Like mm. there's a lot. Um, there are whole story ideas. I have whole file folders of like story idea, another story idea. Like, and it's, I have a whole book that I wrote, actually a few that never, I, I had this one agent who a couple of years ago was like, you know, it was more about, I, I don't know. I forget like where it was in the, between what series and whatever, but I was like, I want to do something adult. And she's like, why don't you write something like um, sort of contemporary women's fiction? And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Wrote this whole contemporary women's fiction novel, which I loved. Mm -hmm. And I gave it to her and she was like, no, I think you should write a thriller instead. And I was no, like, but that. I wrote the whole book. <laughs> um, so, and I, you know, someday maybe that will become something sure. like, if that's the thing, like I, I know, I just think there are always pieces of things that you can use, even if there's not, I don't know. I, most of my first drafts are never like what the thing ends up being. Mm -hmm. um, it's always just, there's something in there. Um, and I definitely, I am kind of the person who does I, I don't have like a word count goal I mean I do try to write um but I think I try I have accepted the fact that there are going to be some days where um everything I write is terrible but you I'm still write person who yeah okay. I still do but I'm also the person who like I sometimes it's very hard to just be like, I just need to come up with an idea. And you just know, you're, it, there's almost too much. Um, mm -hmm. But if somebody gives me like a sentence, I think you should write about, you know, whatever, aliens, or like, not that I'd write about aliens, but <laughs> um, twins who are separated at birth, like, you know, which actually was a series. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
that is helpful sometimes. And sometimes I will ask other writer friends, like, can you just like give me, it's almost like a magnetic poetry of yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> will you just give me a starting point? Yeah. Cause sometimes that's a really hard, um, I get very stuck at coming up with, you know, something, but if, but if I get a little bit of a starting point, I think that's why I liked, I was a ghostwriter for a long time. Uh-huh. And, um, and sometimes I still even do it. And because, you know, it's just like, that's easy for me if I have, if I have a starting point, but coming up with that idea and kind of generating that all on your own. Another thing I do is outline. Okay. This is like, I'm Tell so boring. Me, no, yeah. I want to hear more about that because I <laughs> have tried to outline so many times before we started recording. I showed you these like character workbooks and I also bought a world building, uh, workbook, um, to oh, sort of, I love it. yeah, just to sort of like have some method to my madness, but I have always been under the impression I have, a, I have a lot of books half started. Um, and then I just oh, yeah. sort of fall off the page. I don't, how do you like, literally and figuratively my question is how do you outline because I don't know what's going to happen and then I'm also like but if I write it down then I can't change it like what is your out how do you outline um what's going to happen and first of all yeah tell me everything (laughs) but first of all you can change it okay (laughs) like you realize that right Uh, yeah I do I do I do I do um so I, from being a ghostwriter, I learned really early on the sort of act break structure. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like this is, I think this is a useful thing for a thriller writer. I don't know if it's as useful for, you know, literary fiction or like other types of fiction, but like as a thriller writer, you know, you are, you do sort of want a very big thing happening at the end of act one that's going to drive the story forward and then you sort of want you know things are building in act two and then there's this sort of a high and a low of a midpoint and then there's a high and a low of an end of act two Mm -hmm. and I that's often my outline at first it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you know but I always also have to think of like what are the twists what's actually happening? Right. Who is the bad guy? Right. Who do they think is the bad guy, but who's the real bad or, you know, bad, whatever. And how do you um, know what acts are what? How do you know, like, what, how do you, how do you differentiate the things in act one versus the things in act two? And how soon does yeah. act one finish before you start? Like, it, do you kind of have this idea in mind of, um, pace also while you're outlining yeah yeah yeah. I mean it has to you know act one generally is like you know you sort of have your inciting incident where like that kicks off the book right Mm -hmm. so it's like you know Pretty Little Liars is an example like they the girls all sort of um are back after like trouble yes right yeah they they get into some trouble and they're sort of like inciting incidents where like Emily, um, and I've actually done like, like high school classes about this. Yeah. It's really fun. Uh, like, so Emily, you know, has a little, has a crush on her new neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, Spencer, there's like some stuff with, With I can't believe I I wrote this book like 15 years ago. Yeah. I still remember. Um, Spencer and the, and the sister's boyfriend. Yes. Um, Aria meets the cute boy at at the, the bar that she sneaks into. Yeah. And so that's sort of the inciting incident and um, the sort of end of act one is sort of they get their notes from A, which like 
drives this sort of like, what is happening? What are we going to do about this? Somebody knows the secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like this, it's sort of the sharp thing that happens where it kind of drives the, the character sort of forward and it makes them like, you know, have to do something yeah. <laughs> to like fix the problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And whether that, you know, I think about that, I'm saying that all in like terms of thrillers and whatever, but you know, rom-com, like the end of, you know, it's sort of boy meets girl, you know, end of act one. Mm-hmm. But um, it is, it is pacing. I mean, and, and I guess from doing it so long, I sort of know how many chapters or like how many pages um, an act one generally is. Sure. For me, it's like 75, 80 pages mm-hmm. is act one. Um, act two is always the hardest. Middles of books, I think, are just so hard to write because you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's just write, let's write the end. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to get get that flow going a lot of it is pacing you know there are some scenes that like just don't require a lot of writing uh but also sometimes you sit down you write a scene it's 10 pages and your agent or your editor will be like this can be like three sentences and then we're gonna move forward yeah because every because every time you write something you're really thinking like okay how is this affecting the story how is this pushing the story forward but sometimes I sit down I'm like I just want to write 10 pages on like you know her cooking lasagna And then my agent's like, literally has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) But there's also like, sometimes in writing those 10 pages, maybe something will come out of like something that surprises you. Yeah. Right. Good little bits that you can use. Um, Before we move on to your, your shopping, because I'm very excited to hear what you brought. One of the biggest, very, very, one of the biggest things that came up during this AMA about writing, um, what were two things? One was that uh, people were very surprised to hear that when you're selling fiction, you often have to write the entire book before you can mm-hmm. get it sold. Do you still, after all of your book, like when you wrote Safe in My Arms, um, did you have to write the whole thing before you sold it? Um, no. So that was the one where I wrote the entire um, women's fiction novel that I love. Yep. And, or contemporary, whatever I called it. Um, I don't even remember what I called it now. But, and then my my agent was like, no, no, I think you should write a thriller. And I'm like, I am not writing a whole, like. Yeah, I just did So this. I wrote, I think, <laughs> I just, like, are you serious? Can you at least show this to my editor? And so, no, I, I wrote a proposal. Okay. I think I wrote, um, I think I wrote, like, a certain number of pages. And just sort of like this is what uh, happens. Then like a chapter outline. Yeah. Okay. But I've written other books. Yeah. Um uh I wrote a book called The Elizas uh-huh. where I wrote the whole thing. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny to think about now. Like, yeah, no, I wrote that whole thing mm-hmm. before uh it went on submission. And I don't think I've written an entire YA. I think I've always sold that on proposal. There have been books that I've sold on proposal. Um, and especially, no, both, there was one in YA and there was one in adult where my editor has come back and said, this is not the thing that we bought. <laughs> um, so, so what do you do then? What we're gonna do. Yeah. What do you do then? Uh, just freak out. No, <laughs> I, I, I think like um, the first one was the Lion Game series, which 
you know, was a YA series. And I feel like with the success of Pretty Little Liars, that sort of sold on not even a proposal. Like it sold on this. And this does not happen. This is not what people should do. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it was almost sold on like a, a one sheet of like, hey, wow. this is what the book's going to be. And it was, but no, it was like not the right way to to sell something because I then was like tasked with trying to figure out what this was. And it seemed really easy in my head. But then when I tried to do it, I was like, okay, wait, there's a girl who has a twin sister, but her twin sister is not alive, but they're somehow communicating with each other, but it's not paranormal. But like, and then I was like, I have no idea how to write this. But they just bought so it? I tried to write some, and they bought it. But so I tried to write something. I think I gave them a whole draft and they were like, no. <laughs> oh my god! So I did. I did figure it out, but it was a lot. I remember it was like a lot of heartache, wow. kind of like maybe Pretty Little Liars is my only thing. I'm like maybe I just like this worked, but like nothing else I can do is wow. gonna work. And it was yeah, but I figured it out. Um, but it was it. It took a lot of tries, mm. and I and it, it happened another time too. Um, so I almost feel like if you can write the whole book, write the whole book. Yeah. Um, cause then at least they'll know what they're getting into. You must um, really love writing like the act of it and the exercise of it. Maybe not all the time, but you seem to have written a lot out of, and then they, you know, I feel like the first time I, if I submitted an entire book that I wrote and anyone on my agent or my editor was like, no, I'd be like, I'm I'm switching careers now. Like, are you effing? Because right. remember, like, I mean, I don't know. I know you know this. I know I know this. But if you if you guys out there aren't familiar, like, no one's paying you to do that. You are writing a book for free. Yeah. Hoping that yeah. someone will buy it. It's not like, oh, okay. we're going to give you like, you know, this amount of money to, to try it out. Um, You know, right. the, the advance right. comes once they know that they're going to publish it. But it doesn't come when you're writing the book. And there are things yeah. that just you spend tons of time on and nothing ever happens. How do you uh, like recover from that? In a, how do you like, where do you find? I mean, most of my books I've been able to recover. Like I've been able to, besides the one that I wrote that like never went anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've had like half written books that have gone nowhere, but that's hasn't been a huge time investment. Um, I've had, like TV ideas that I've pitched mm -hmm. that have gone nowhere. Yep. And that's hard. Yes. Uh, because that's not, you know, it's like, yeah, I didn't write a whole novel, but like I did still have to come up with all these characters. Yeah. It's and work whole world and like the whole plot. And then I had to like pitch it to six different networks yeah. or whatever. And it's like when that doesn't work and I've had that happen a few times, like that's, the worst that has been hard yeah um because I, I feel a little bit of an imposter in that world because I don't that's not what I do right and I'm kind of like oh clearly everybody knows that's not what I do because this is why these things aren't working yeah um but that's that's been harder for me than a book than a book like mm. getting a really big overhaul or um even my agent being like no you know you should stick to thrillers Oh my gosh. Um, but it's hard. But I mean, I do really like writing. I've, I've always, I've always really liked writing. Most days, I mean, when I'm writing something brand new, I don't like it. I'm kind of like, Ugh, like, it's just not fun. Uh -huh. um, it feels like work. But in like the fourth or fifth draft, <laughs> it yeah. starts to get more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. This so. this is all very uh, reassuring to me. Um, <laughs> Good. And I'm sure to other No, but I mean, I think at some point people look at really successful authors like you, um, like my other fave, Ellen Hildebrand, who I just love, oh, love and who her. writes a million books and just like people who just churn out books. And I think people think like, oh, wow, at this point you must sit down and just a perfect novel just comes flowing out of you and it takes absolutely no effort. And I know that's not true, but it's really hard to believe that it's not true. Oh, yeah. And it's also nice. Like the thing that I should do more is talk to other authors more because mm. I think everybody goes through the struggle. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, you, you see people on Instagram or whatever and you're like, oh, my God, they're like just it's, it seems like, oh, they're turning out a new book. Like yep. it's all easy for them. And it's like then you're sitting in your little office being like, oh, my God, this is totally not working. What am I going to do? What am yeah. I going to do? And it's like I think everybody has a version. of that. Yes, um, I think so, too. Who is trying to write. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's a good, you know, reality check for sure. So Sarah Shepard, what <laughs> product or products <laughs> did you bring to G Thanks Just Bought It? I know you were excited about these. I can guarantee no one else has ever brought them, but you said I know you are going for joy <laughs> and fun, especially as we go into winter. I can't think of anything better. All right, you're up. L- tell us. I'm up. Um, well, the first thing that I that I brought, actually, I don't even have it up here with me, is is a little bit of a writing tool, like amazingly. Mm-hmm. So when I, um, the clay, the Sculpey clay, um, I was really creative growing up. I wrote books, but I and I illustrated books as a little kid. But I also did a lot of claymation videos. With my oh, sister, like Wallace and Gromit, kind of things. Yes, like Wallace and Gromit stop motion, except we had. We had one of those camcorders, Fun. so we would try to do stop. We would try to stop motion, and you know it was very choppy and like endearing. So like, cool. We never got into the modern technology. Now though, I almost use it as like a stress ball. Like I use it almost like as a tactile. Yeah, like a fidget thinking, toy. I can't believe. Yes, like a fidget toy. I can't believe I don't have any up, up here with me. Sometimes I'll make things out of it. Um, it's also just, it keeps its shape. Um, if you need a tactile toy, like if you want to make something, um, you can also bake it. It keeps its shape. I feel like everybody knows about this clay. Like it's, I don't know, if you're inclined, if you have children. Like, I don't yeah, think I knew is- that you could use it as like um, like silly putty. Like it doesn't get everywhere. I would feel like I would find it no. like in my rug or whatever. No, not really. Um, sometimes the color will come off on your fingers and you have to deal with that. But like it's it, and it was so funny, too, when my older son um, did virtual school last year, he like kind of picked up on my clay oh, wow. fidgeting. Yeah. And I would come into his little room while he's spending his like seventh hour on the computer. Yeah. Um, and he had built <laughs> Oh my god! Out of the clay, and I'm like, oh dear, like this is very much. Um, <laughs> You've passed on take, your thing to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm really. I think I am a fidgety person, and um, you know, as a, I don't know, I I get a lot of ideas 
not just staring at a computer. I kind right. of have to be doing something else. Yeah. Um, and whether that's like doing something with my fingers or like going outside, like going, taking the dogs for a walk or whatever. Like it, it's, I often don't get the best ideas. Sitting at the computer. Sitting at the computer. No. Now um, with the clay, how often are you, two things, how often are you replacing it and buying new clay and how often are you mixing colors? Or do you I mean, keep your colors separate? If you're so sometimes I just actually make things with it too. Uh-huh. Like I've made like some Halloween things, um, and then you can bake it, and it's hard, and it's like a little thing that can sit on your on your shelf or whatever. But um, I only generally have to replace it because it doesn't really dry out. So nice. Um, I only replace it if we run out of it. Like sometimes my kids will get it and then they'll make like blobs and they'll be like, well, you need to bake this. And I'm like, Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Can't but, wait. Or they'll just mix it all together and, and it'll, it'll be brown. Be like gray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or brown. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess that's <laughs> that. and then my dogs will try to eat it and that's pretty gross. Yes. Um, and cause they'll eat anything. Sure. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And how old are your it kids? Of, they are seven and 10. Okay. So they are definitely yeah. any moms out there listening. This, I feel like could be a, it's a good, it's a good thing to have if your kids are old enough to understand that you don't eat it and right. old enough to understand that you don't smush it in your hand and then smush it into the ground into like your clothes yeah. or into your, but I think that sounds kind of, where do you store it? Do you just keep like a blob on your desk? Do you put you it somewhere? Have to, yeah. You can have a blob on your desk. Like you don't have to have it in an airtight container nice. or anything like that. It can just kind of sit around. I mean, as long as your dog isn't going to get it. Yeah. She um, might, she might. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just, I, I also just like little building little things out of clay and like my kids really do too. And I feel like that was very much like a pandemic activity. Nice. Like, we made all the Peppa Pig characters. We made all of the... Oh, that's cute. I don't even remember what else we made. Yeah, we just like... I, I, I searched for things to keep them busy. So yeah. Like, yeah. What can we do? We did all those like perler beads. I don't yep. know if you... Yeah. Like, the, and then you ironed them and like yep. that for a while. And, um, you know, but this was always something that we came back to where we were just like, oh, let's make like super mario but like 3d yeah it's just i don't know that's one thing that i'm not a particularly crafty person but like you can do clay i like a good play in with clay yeah how much of it did you bake and how much of it is still in your house like right now we just got a whole bunch of i mean oh there's a bunch there's a lot okay (laughs) the the stuff that my son made into a tower like i had to just get rid of yeah he just it was stuck to his desk. Yeah. It was stuck to the floor. <laughs> like he was really like needing yeah. it. Um, it. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see like what his teachers say about him at school. Cause I'm like, I don't think he has anything to fidget with. So yeah. Um, but um, we just got some new, 
we got like a new batch and mm-hmm. it's mostly just kind of hanging out. That's yeah. awesome. You get lots of color. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it's very fun. Um, I know I was trying to think of, of something that has not yet been on this show because as I've said, I've listened to many of the episodes yeah. and you know, there have been many things that I love. So, and I'm like, Oh, that's taken. <laughs> no, I mean, I like anymore. seeing how people yeah. talk about the different things that they buy and that have helped them. And what I really love about your contribution to this is that a lot of times um, when people talk about their pandemic crafts or their pandemic hobbies, it's really hard to separate the idea. And I talked about this with um, Jenna Fletcher of This Is Yours a few weeks ago. She, She makes polymer clay earrings. It started out from you know, just like I'm bored and I want to see if this works. And she talked about how quickly it devolved into like, well, now it's a business and now I have a website. Oh. and now I'm signed. But I think, but it's like, this is the other side of it, which is like, you can just buy like an artsy thing, like a craft and it doesn't have to be uh, an Etsy store that is, no, you no. know? And so I think that that's really fun because I don't know that a lot of people, especially adults, even without kids would think like, I am just going to go buy something that, you know, I can do it. fiddle with like yeah. while I'm watching TV or while I'm, you know, yeah. I don't know, on a Zoom call. Um, because yeah. I think we're also wired to be like, yeah, but am I going to be the best clay maker ever? And right, I think right. it's just like, Nobody that's would not. Buy our- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry for those of you who were hoping the Peppa Pig characters were going to be on sale somewhere. (laughs) They are staying in Sarah's house. I think that that's really, that's nice. Um, I didn't get to do a lot of that as a kid, I feel like, because I uh, was kind of a neat freak child, and I grew up with a neat freak mom, and I think that there was like, I don't have a lot of memories with Clay, (laughs) Um, but I think it could be fun to just... I don't know, smash and yeah. smush and roll and yeah, build something. Yeah. 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 It just, you know, um, and it's just fun to make a thing. And sometimes your thing turns out really cool. Yeah. And then sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like 3d doodling. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a big, I'm a big doodler too. Nice. So, um, and it's but, a cool thing you yeah. can do with your kids that isn't technology and, right. and it right. doesn't have to be right. so yeah. serious and it's not school. Um, I it's think that's cool. a great yeah. contribution, especially yeah, with winter <laughs> coming up, we're about to have to get all those inside uh, activities again. Um, yeah, back to the, I know, back to the inside. I know my oh, phone my just told me I've been vaccinated for 23 weeks and I don't understand how that is possible because I feel as though nothing has changed. Um, oh my God. And you it's had an, worse. and you had an, right. And you had another item too. Uh, oh my gosh, that my I'm, other item is so silly. No, I'm very, <laughs> I mean, we can guarantee no one has ever brought this. And I am I knew so... no one would ever bring this thing. Yeah. So this is the thing. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm so ready. This is, this is called, <laughs> this is called a tomatone. Okay. Um, it is a, <laughs> it is a little, it's like a little instrument. And, but it also has a face. Oh, and you turn I love it, it on. You turn it on. Wait, is this one gonna work? Oh, must you have one? You turn oh, it yeah. <gasps> and it can play different notes. And that is so fun. 
Wait, now it's not doing the, the hold on a second. No, it's not going to, those are the low notes. Now I can do the really high notes. So you can do a song with this. Now, do, do I have a song prepared for you? I do not. Uh, I have made it. I mean, so first of all, my dad got one of these first. My mom was like, look what I got for your father. I'm like, wait, really? Oh my gosh. My, my father has a strange collection of instruments. He has like a didgeridoo. Sure. He has many guitars. He has like, I don't even know what else he has in there. He's like a banjo. He has a triangle. He has a tambourine. I don't know. He's going to start a band. Maybe. So I my love mom that. Gets him this, this guy. Well, he, oh, I think his was white. And my kids saw it and they were like, I love this thing. And mostly we would just make them talk to each other just in different, you know, and like open his little mouth. I love this. I have a blue. I need I this. I have a blue one too, but his face is upside down. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to this guy. Wait, here he goes. Okay. So he's the right way too. So I have a blue one too. Oh my gosh. You have m- multiples. Um, we have multiple. And for some reason, whenever we bring these things places, people, I mean, it is very much like, what is that thing? And right. you just be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect because I'm sending you right now on Instagram a video I posted of my husband um, who bought, and I cannot even remember the name of this instrument, off of Amazon. It's like an accordion, but you like blow into it. I have to tell you, I hit it. Um, because it was so annoying, <laughs> but this is like exactly up our alley. Like this is the oh, kind right. of thing that's like, I see it right now. It's priced at like $35, which is about yeah. as much money as yeah. you're like, okay, I'm going to spend on this. And right. he learned how to play all these like different songs on this. I wish he was, he left the house already, but I could ask him what this is called, but it's like, there's no greater joy. And he is a 36 year old man oh, yeah. so I can't even imagine yeah. the joy of like a 10 year old playing with this and can right. you can actually play song? like real song like is there are there any um have you found any like YouTube tutorials helping you play? oh my god are there a so lot there's a whole YouTube world there's oh my gosh YouTube world of these things performing uh well a lot of songs <gasps> and Sometimes, I mean, it's like a whole chorus of them sometimes. Like people have put a lot, I didn't know this. And then, so you can actually make a song. Now there, it's a little bit like, you know, uh, it's not, I mean, it's like a little like electronic sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. You know, is it is it great sounds? No, but you can get pretty close to like. Yeah, it's fun. A normal song. Again, right. Like we're not going to play in the Philharmonic, but like this is no, right? No, we just have our like little team of guys. Oh, I love Uh. it. (laughs) And also, looking at this on Amazon really brings me to a part of Amazon I really haven't spent much time in, which is musical instrument Amazon and there are so there's like steel drum kits for $40 there's musical spoons there's a something called a forest whisperer that I'm going to look into (laughs) there's like a clarinet that like has colorful keys there's um kalimbas there's uh wow I mean like this is you could really start like a whole band yeah it's it's pretty awesome and this is sort of our first 
you know, I don't know what else we're going to get. Oh, I sure. see like musical spoons. Did you say that? Yes, I love and I love that idea. I um, saw a TikTok recently of someone being like, my mom just bought musical spoons. Like, I guess she got targeted on like an Instagram ad for like musical spoons, right. bought them. And then like this, this, her son like just filmed her like turning on different songs and playing musical spoons to them. And I was like, okay, totally want to do this. Um, I'm seeing a lap harp. I'm seeing, uh, this is so, okay. This is giving me, this is where my mind goes. I'm like, and I can start a band. Um, and I, I'm like, forget the book. Now I'm going to be a musician. Uh, right. Totally. Ocarinas. There's, this is wonderful. And all, quite affordable yes everything kind of that I'm saying here is at at under $50 if not under $40 right wow interesting drums yeah um again I I owe this to my mom because I would have never found these things if she had not gotten my dad this for Christmas wait Sarah that's Um, so interesting because I just talked about that TikTok (laughs) where the mom had the musical spoons are there is this like are are our parents being tar- are boomers being targeted like like instrument <laughs> like what is happening? What- <laughs> I don't know because I'm like, how on earth did you find right. like what were you, what search right. were you? How well, yeah yet, like yes, she does get him strange musical instruments, but like, but like how how, did how? It to yeah. That's not, I don't know what I could have searched to find that, um, within the first couple of pages of searching. That is really fun. So how many do you have? Very, very fun. Yes. How many do you own? I have two. Okay. I have two. I have the blue and the yellow. My dad has the the white. My kids are like, can we get more? And I'm like, I don't know if we need more. (laughs) Um, you could make them play together. Yes. Honestly, we sort of use, we sort of use them as like characters too. Of course. But um the youtube journey is fascinating like very cute very funny um and like i said i was just trying to think of like what if i really loved that i bought this year yeah maybe it's not useful at all but is just is just fun i think buying things for fun is absolutely a good use case uh yeah. You know, and, and I think kind of going back to this whole idea of like, well, if you buy something, how are you going to like make that money back? And how are you going to monetize right, right. this? And I feel like there's just not a ton of opportunity, especially the older we get to just be like, here's a thing that brings me joy. I find it fun. It's not hurting yeah. anyone. I like having right, it like right. that is that's a great yeah. reason to buy something. I mean, it doesn't have yeah, to be like, like practical. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I just like to look at it. And they sit on top of our piano. So, you know, it's like a music themed area. Sure. Yeah. Right. Oh. Right. Where the band practices. How I, band. this is so I I mean, again, you know, I think you're pretty safe that no one will ever bring this or be like, oh, we've already talked about the automaton. <laughs> the Sorry. Um, yeah. But what a fun like this is now inspiring me to like, well, first now I have to buy every child in my life one of these. Um, oh yeah. And every kid we've come upon is like, I want one. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I can't wait to like ruin my friends lives by giving their children loud instruments. Um, they, um, some of the high notes are very high. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. And it can go pretty loud. Yeah. 
Yeah. That yeah. is, this in is the car, really fun. Not the best thing. This yeah. is definitely, I don't know if Dan listens to the podcast, but I think I might get this for him for the holidays. This is like oh, an totally. extremely Dan gift. And you'll see when you see yeah. the video I sent you on Instagram, like he loves a uh, useless instument to yeah. play around the house. This is so good. Yeah. I think this is oh, going to be a, I think this is going to be a stocking stuffer for the geezer community I'm so glad. this year. It's such a good stocking stuffer. Yeah. Right? I think so. I like want yeah. one today. I'm so glad. Yeah. And they're like what? Thir- so I, I think they saw they're like 35 bucks and. I like 30. Yeah. 35 bucks. It's about as much Amazon. as you want to pay. Right. Totally. I, I feel like you can get them a little bit less. I don't know. Sure. On the latest one I saw on Amazon was 35. I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally looking. Affordable. I'm looking them up right now. There's like lots of different kinds now. Mm-hmm. This is lots just a very colors. yeah. It's a very popular Japanese electronic musical instrument. Um, another thing I did during the pandemic. Now this is reminding me of is I, did, I downloaded an app that would let you like be a DJ and like, like you could. It was oh like God. a synthesizer, like but on the iPad, so you could like hit different buttons and like make songs, and that kept my interest for like at least a few days. So oh, that's fun. that was really right. fun. I was like, oh, look, I'm a DJ yeah. now. Look, anything to yeah. pass the time. I mean, anything truly. Yeah. This yeah. is so, this is great. You could, you did. This I'm was so a good excited. pick. I'm so excited you've come up with a stock discover. <laughs> such a, it is, it is a good one. I know I'm like, I'm going to get this for somebody. 100%. We're working on our I gift guides know. right now. This is going, I just sent it to Jolie yeah. and um in our group chat. And I'm like, this got this has to go on the guide. Uh, Cause this is so, <laughs> this is fun. Who wouldn't love this? Yeah, I mean, it's really. Fun. I mean, right. We just need more fun things. I feel like. and especially this past year yes more joy I'm glad you went for joy this you picked a winner Sarah Shepard author of all of the pretty little liars books and the newest safe in my arms which is out and you can get it wherever books are sold do you have a favorite um, indie bookstore you would like to shout out to send people to um, oh, I have many. Um, there's a local one near me called the Penguin Bookshop. It's in Sewickley, Pennsylvania. Um, it is just, I think it's just like Penguin Bookshop online. Hold Perfect. On. I'll find a link. Check. I'll find a uh, link. Don't right? worry. Yeah, Penguin. Okay. Um, they are so great. And, you know, I'm so glad they've made it through. Yeah. All of this still in business. And yeah. Perfect. Um, I love them. Yeah. So, so you can buy. Awesome. Yeah, right. You can buy uh you can buy Safe in My Arms at Penguin Bookshop. It's penguinbookshop.com. Tell them Sarah sent you. I will um be purchasing my copy from here. Um I have it on the Kindle, but I like to have like kind of like what you said where you're like I don't know which books I've read. Having a hard copy for me is very important because when they're all on the Kindle, I will rebuy books that I have already read because oh, I don't yeah. have like I don't have like cover uh Totally. recognition so it's like a whole thing totally. but it's also a beautiful cover um and oh, i'm i'm yeah. very excited for you congratulations oh thank you and i'm excited for you i can't wait to see these various <laughs> novels coming to life. <laughs> the many and half novels life. of my life well i will many, no, no. keep that as motivation for sure um thank okay. you so much for coming on g thanks just bought it and you guys i will link to everything that we talked about on the show the clay the automaton which i think we're all probably going to own by the end of the weekend uh and sarah thank you thank you again for coming i loved having you oh thank you this is so much fun 
so fun. All right. See you guys next week for another episode. <laughs>